Heidi, Heidi, ho there, and welcome to the Disnerd Podcast. I'm your host, Hans Kruger, and together we'll be discussing all things Disney. No, I'm not a prince, nor do I reside in the Southern Isles. I'm just a Disnerd from Chicago, Illinois. I'm here to share my passion for the mouse and create a community for all us Disnerds. We have a great show for you guys today. First, I go on a little rant about IPs in our theme parks, more specifically IPs in Epcot. And we have Gus McCoy coming to us live from the rumor mill. All that and more. But first, a word from our sponsors. Looking for a new dining room set? Perhaps a new love seat or sofa? Then come down to Gepetto and Sons Custom Furniture Outlet. We have every style imaginable and some of the best deals in all of Florence. Our sofas and love seats are so comfortable, you'll be taken straight to Presser Island. Trust us, if we are lying, you'll definitely know. We're slashing prices and cutting deals. By the table, get the legs for free! It's one whale of a deal! So, how do you feel about intellectual properties? No, really. Tell me how you feel. In recent years, there's been a flurry of complaints over Disney IPs creeping into the parks that should be, quote-unquote, IP-free. The park brought up the most is Epcot. From its intrinsic take on technology, technological evolution to its celebration of the world's many cultures, Epcot has been one of the parks that no one can agree upon. It was in many cases, and is, the anti-theme park. In its first connotation, Disney had a strict rule for Epcot, no IPs in the park. But as attendance was slow, Disney had to even rethink this, and soon you saw Mickey, Mickey Mouse and Goofy in spacesuits around Future World. For the purist, this seems sacrilegious and in many cases completely deters from the original intent of the park. Thus begins the infinite conversations and arguments over if IP should be included in a park like Epcot. Let's dig deeper into what all the fuss is about. Uh, A common argument made about intellectual properties slowly creeping into Epcot is that it's not in the themes it's not in theme to the park's original model or more or more so it wasn't Walt's vision of Epcot um, this argument has never really stuck with me for many reasons uh, for one Walt never really envisioned a second theme park in Florida Epcot was an acronym for experimental prototype city or community of tomorrow The original plans called for an elaborate city model with businesses and other forms of industry at the center and rings of community buildings, schools, and parks, followed by rings of residential areas on the outskirts. The community would rely on wedway people movers and monorail systems. The community would be essentially automobile-free with the exception of an underground thoroughfare for supply trucks loading and unloading goods at the city center. 
Magic Kingdom would be Walt's East Coast Park. To capitalize on the approximately 75% of the U.S. population that lived on the East Coast. 5% of which made the trek to Anaheim. So he was losing a lot of money and losing out on a lot of potential uh, uh, resort guests. So they wanted to build an East Coast Park. There he could swoon guests with his city of tomorrow. They'd come see the Magic Kingdom and then hop on a monorail down to, uh, to Epcot. Now, none of Walt envisioned is in the park. Um, some people argue that Future World is a representation of that, but by no means is it the real thing. And if you're not familiar with Walt's vision of of Epcot, I suggest uh, you watch the promotional video he did um, right before he passed away uh, about the whole Florida project in general. And uh, you can find it on YouTube relatively um, easily. You can like search up Epcot 1968 or 1969, that kind of thing. And Walt was already thinking about this when they were getting ready to build the Magic Kingdom. But it is by no means the th- a theme park. It was not supposed to be a theme park. Um, another theming argument against the addition of IPs in Epcot is that Epcot should educate park goers. Again, with the, that anti-theme park. Uh, don't get me wrong. I've always loved this aspect of the park. I'm not only a Disney nerd. I'm a nerd about a lot of other things, including science and humanities. So a theme park like Epcot in its original state has an appeal. But let's face it, myself and other like-minded folks are definitely in the minority. Um, I would also like to point out that this idea of educate and entertain goes against Walt's vision of theme parks. I quote, I would rather entertain and hope that people learn something than educate people and hope they were entertained. This is a direct quote from Walt. And, but then again, we'll never know what Walt would have thought of Epcot uh, in its conception to its current state. Uh, um, we just never would know. You know. Nobody ever talked about a second theme park. So <clears throat> um, who, who really knows? Um, but wait. Uh, Walt has been deceased for over 50 years, and while he started the company and created the initial vision, the Disney company I have grown to love really has very little to do with with the man that started it all. Um, I think we can agree about that. While we pay homage to him and we spend hours on end discussing whether uh, this would be what he envisioned or wanted, I really feel we should... Uh, we, we should remove ourselves from the idea. One thing Walt did say is he never wanted Disneyland to be a museum. I believe this wholeheartedly. Uh, yes, preserve classic, iconic attractions, but update them regularly and never be afraid to add new, exciting attraction shows or dining. Um, <clears throat> you know, Walt was all about telling stories. And quite frankly, Epcot attractions lack story. Um, And 
if you do them right, stories will most definitely entertain, but they can also educate as well. And I think the problem with Epcot was they went for this whole new concept and it kind of backfired. This idea of like, we're going to educate people. And it kind of backfired. Um, which is why you see a lot of the attractions at Epcot kind of disappearing and are being replaced with more, you know, thrill rides and things like that. So let's take Walt completely out of the picture and let's focus on that glorious day in October of 1981 when, the Ep when Epcot Center first opened to guests. Clearly, having IPs was in violation of our beloved anti-theme parks manifesto. Unfortunately, like I alluded to earlier, this was br wasn't bringing people into the park. I don't blame Disney for doing this either. Regardless of the park, I want to have some Disney element to be recognizable. I don't need Mickey Mouse at every turn, but that Disney magic is hard to find when you don't see anything Disney related. And I, I kind of felt the same way um, about Animal Kingdom when it first opened. There was very little... It was very Disney-esque. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, you go when you go to a Disney theme park, you know. But um, to me, Animal Kingdom could have been anybody's theme park for, for you know, in its first conception. Um, I feel like it's a beautiful park. It's a great park, but it it definitely lacked a lot of. Disney charm. Uh, and I think Epcot is the same way. Um, you know it's a Disney park. You know, obviously there's a lot of, you know, merch and things like that that kind of remind you. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't necessarily, you know, when I say it needs to be more Disney, uh, I don't necessarily mean, like, like I said, that there needs to be a Mickey Mouse everywhere. Um, I just think it needs to... Mm. there's something magical about the Magic Kingdom that really has nothing to do with character meet and greets or seeing characters in the park or there's just some kind of there's 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 a bit of a, a magic there and I, I just feel like the other parks kind of lack that and they're still trying to find their identities you know <laughs> Epcot 35 years later, you know, Animal Kingdom 20 years later, uh, you know, uh, Hollywood Studios, you know, almost 30 years later. I, um, you know, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's really interesting to see. Like, they're still trying to figure out, like, how do we be, how do we capture magic without being a castle park, you know? Um, you know, regardless of the park, I want there to be some kind of Disney magic, right? Um, and so I also ask about, I asked the question about character meet and greets. You know, how do you feel about those? Um, if you don't care about the fact that in the middle of Future World you can meet the Fab Five or meet Chip and, Chip and Dale and Mickey Mouse and friends at the Garden Grill, and the Lamb Pavilion. Um, 
then why is the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster so offensive? Um, if you're okay with meeting Mulan in China and Anna Elsa in Norway, why are you up, up in arms with the Maelstrom turning into a frozen theme ride? You know, and, and for the record, no matter how much nostalgia the Maelstrom brings, it was a horrible ride that did very little to educate you about Norwegian culture. What did I get out of that ride? Okay, I got a line, the spirit of Norway is, and then plug in some random things, trolls, Vikings, oil, you know, like those are the things that I remember of the Maelstrom. Now, granted, it was a while since I've um, went on that attraction, but I've also gone on the Frozen ride, and I've, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I would much prefer to go on the Frozen ride, and I never even had watched the movie when I went on the ride. So, um, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't even watched the movie before I went on the Frozen ride, and I enjoyed it. So um, I feel like now that I've watched the movie countless times with my daughter, um, I'd have a better appreciation for the ride, but I think it's, it's far better than Maelstrom. And this nostalgia that we cling to with it, you know, where were you the all those years when there was a five-minute wait to get on the Maelstrom? You know, I feel like, the, you know, the, um, it comes with the territory, you know. You don't know what you, 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 you don't know what you got till it's gone, right? <laughs> Okay, so at the end of the day, Disney needs people coming into Epcot that wouldn't otherwise. Hell, people still ask if their kids will enjoy visiting Epcot or if it's a half-day park, right? I mean, you constantly see that on, the, on you know, different forums, the Diz boards, you know, Facebook, Facebook groups, you, you name it. All the Facebook groups that I'm uh, a member of, you know, constantly you you see those i get the questions about hollywood studios with the construction going on right now um but you know epcot can definitely be a full day park if you want it to be if you don't want it to be it doesn't have to be none of the parks have to be a full day park if you don't want them to be okay so this is where the intellectual properties come in come in is it a bit lazy maybe uh, I'm all for original stories, but I think that's a thing of the past. Disney is blurring the lines between IPs and attractions. As attractions with original storylines are becoming the basis of movies, i.e. Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, we're going to have a Jungle Cruise ride uh, in the near future. Um, you know, once... and then And then incorporating the aspects from the film into the attractions. Although I'm, I'm glad they never put Eddie Murphy animatronic into the Haunted Mansion. Um, I, I'm sure they thought about it. Um, you know, it'll, it'll become increasingly difficult to separate the attraction from the media source. You know, I think for newer generations, Pirates of the Caribbean, for sure. You know, I guess it's, I guess it's different if the movie is not successful, right? Like Haunted Mansion. Now we always we have these rumors about Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro working on his own Haunted Mansion movie, and it's not going to have Eddie Murphy and all this stuff like that. But um, 
you know, if this Jungle Cruise ride is um, successful, you know, it has a very um, entertaining figure with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who people just seem to love everything he does and want him to run for president and things like that. So it's it's quite possible you might see a you know Dwayne Johnson animatronic in you know the Jungle Cruise and but I but I go back to Pirates of the Caribbean I think the younger generations don't don't understand that this ride existed before they put the Johnny Depp animatronics in and the Johnny Depp animatronics are just there as sort of like a you know cash grab you know, as at least that's what us older folks think, right? It's just a cash grab to include, incorporate some of the, you know, aspects from the movie. But they all, it. I think this is going to become a very normal thing where the a ride and an IP, a, you know, IP they they work together. That's Disney's model now, and to. You know, everything is now going to be, you know, something that can be marketable on many different levels, whether it be through different sources of media, merchandise, and, you know, and theme park attractions. I think they're all going to kind of be blended into one one little thing. So even if the Maelstrom ride never was changed... To Frozen, Disney may have sought to make a movie based on it that incorporated aspects of the movie back into the ride. A movie where every five minutes or so, some old Norwegian man reminds us of the spirit of Norway. I digress. That's ridiculous. But they could have done it. It But it makes you think that maybe we need to just suck it up and just stop with this nonsense nonsense of constantly arguing. Disney is sitting on a goldmine of stories tested to be good enough to captivate audiences over the span of many generations. I don't really hear people complaining about the living scenes with Nemo and friends. I think because of Frozen and how polarizing that movie was in pop pop culture in general, um, you know, we had an overwhelming... We were able to hear the overwhelming groans of all the anti-Frozen fans. Um, yes, the Guardians roller coaster has some people up in arms. You know, how does it fit in Epcot? All this garbage. But not in the same amount as Frozen. Like, Frozen was, you know, I think also the anti Frozen fans are just more, um, are more vocal. Um, but as with all things, time will tell. We seem to come to terms with blatant IP inclusion in other attractions and and then move on to the next attraction that's being changed or uh, have, you know, adding IPs to. Um, But I think it also depends on the IP, I guess, you know. Um, You know, we always find the next thing to complain about. But we go, you got to go back to that that you know Disney Walt didn't want the theme parks to be museums right so we have to live with change and 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 yes does it suck as a hardcore Disney fan that you like never were able to uh, experience some attractions yeah 
But, you know, you're going to be able to experience attractions that your grandkids and great-grandkids will not be able to um, experience, even your kids. You know, I, there's attractions that I've been on that I know that my kids will never get to experience and because they don't exist anymore. <laughs> or because, you know, like they'll never get to experience the Maelstrom the way I did. But I'm not up in arms about it. Um, you know, there can be some rides. I feel like every ride, every attraction, every show should be updated. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it shouldn't be a museum. And at the end of the day, I think we should be okay with IPs. Like Disney, you know, even if they came up with an original attraction, I feel like the original attraction would come out as a movie first. They'd, they'd have the attraction ready. You know, completely, Imagineers would have it completely designed, and then they'd have their storyboard people write a whole movie about it, and then they would put it out. So that when they build the attraction, it's like, great. I think they're all going to be one and the same. Because they don't want to take, you know, they're taking huge risks monetarily to do these these things. And if you have failures like Stitch's Great Escape or something like that, you know, you really feel it. And um, when you're spending, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars on things, you know, you, you want to make sure that they're going to be successful. So I don't blame Disney. Would I love to see original ideas? Yeah. But is that going to, you know... If we're gonna blame people, we if we're gonna blame anybody, we should blame ourselves because as an as an audience, we're drawn to things that we already know. And if we don't really know it, we don't go like look at Carousel of Progress. That's an original um, attraction. Is it the most engaging? Mm, I mean, it, I really think it depends on the per person, but there's no Carousel of Progress movie. Right? There's no Carousel of Progress comic book or whatever to, to draw the casual fan. you got to remember that. Diehard Disney fans, people who listen to Disney podcasts and watch you know, Disney uh, um, vloggers on, on YouTube, we're in the minority. Yes, there's a lot of us, but there's, think in the mass amount of people who visit the theme parks within a year... We are a minority. Annual pass holders, you know, regulars who come down one or two times a year. We're in the minority. The one time, the once in a lifetime, or the once every ten years, five years, those people are the majority, and they don't come to Disney as often, and they're not as invested in in it as we are, right? And so. They're not going to go get on Carousel of Progress unless they're the family that goes, we're going to go on every single ride because we want to get our money's worth, that kind of thing. Um, but if you're, if you're a family that picks and chooses, you might not go on 
carousel progress. You probably won't go on the people mover, you know, those kinds of things. Because there, you don't know anything about it. But I digress. Um, I'd love to hear what you think about this. Um, so go to the Facebook page or feel free to, to email the podcast, whatever you need to do. Um, and let me know what you think. Uh, this is a very polarizing topic. IPs in, in, in parks like Epcot, they're polarizing. You know, a lot of us want that anti-theme park. And if, you know, are we going to get it? Who knows? Tired of the same old, same old? Want to get out and explore the great unknown? Then head down to Pizza Planet, where you can battle space monsters, conquer outer realms, and have some great food while doing it. There's over five floors of fun on the corner of Rush and Ohio Streets. This week's deal, buy one pizza, get one free. And every thousand credits you purchase, you get 500 for free. Oh, and don't forget to visit the world's largest claw machine, Pizza Planet, for infinite amounts of fun and food that's out of this world. Disney rumors. So let's get started. Okay, first, expansion and possible DVC coming to former River Country side. A new DVC building is coming to Fort Wilderness and Campground. Architecture firm WATG is expected to design the resort with construction to be done by Balfour Betty. The resort calls for 1,340 bays. Industry, industry term for standard size rooms and 300 equivalency units for DVC that may utilize up to 940 bays to spend depending on the size. WATG has previously worked on the Disney Grand Floridian Resort, the Convention Center, and the Wedding Pavilion. The estimated cost for the new resort is $350 million, with development potentially being higher than that. This project appears, appears to be connected to Project 89 permits that were filed in March. WDWinfo.com and GrowthSpotter.com are reporting that Disney is hiring contractors for a new themed hotel on the former River Country site near Fort Wilderness. And this happened May 31st, 2018. Next one is land clearing south of Japan Pavilion. Land has been cleared south of, uh, south of the Japan Pavilion Epcot. Speculation for what cleared the land, what the cleared land will be used for ranges from a new resort to a staging area for drones for the new version of Illumination. Updates may be coming to Carousel Progress. Updates are expected to occur at Walt Disney's Carousel Progress. Updates would include a new finale scene, 
and other general enhancements. There is a rumor of 50 additions to Walt Disney World by the 50th anniversary, and the enhancements to the Carousel of Progress are a candidate for one of those 50 additions. And then my last two kind of go together. Indiana Jones attraction coming to Walt Disney World and changes coming to Dinoland USA. There are multiple vague rumors circulating about adding an Indiana Jones attraction somewhere in Walt Disney World. The likeliest candidate appears to be changing Dinosaur into a version of Indiana Jones Adventure. Other possibilities include an Animal Kingdom as a replacement for Chester and Hester's Dinorama or in Disney's Hollywood Studios as an additional attraction following the opening of Star Wars Land. At this point, all these rumors should be considered blue sky. Do it for us in, uh, here at the rumor mill. I'm Gus McCoy. So that's going to do it for us. A lot of interesting things to think about, especially with the IPs. Um, how do you feel about Indiana Jones coming possibly? I know that's that's a rumor that's been floating around for for a while now. Um, but yeah, make sure you come go to uh, our Facebook page and leave comments and start conversations. It's it's uh, really great if you if you guys could do that stuff. Remember to uh, hit subscribe if you're listening to iTunes. Or if you're li- listening to it on SoundCloud, make sure you. Uh, subscribe to us, like our, um, like each episode. It really does a lot to help us. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody who helped put this show together. Y'all are wonderful. And until next time, stay Disners, my friends. <laughs>